0: March to Zion broadcast is a weekly radio production of Bethlehem Primitive Baptist Church. The broadcast is under the direction of Elder Tim McCool, pastor. For more information, contact 205-364-1396 or write the March to Zion broadcast, PO Box 270, Carrollton, Alabama, 35447. Stay tuned for a message of God's sovereign grace. This is
1: Tim McCool, pastor of Bethlehem Primitive Baptist Church and director of the March Design broadcast. Please stay tuned for a message of salvation by grace. It's my great blessing and privilege to be able to speak to you this morning. If you're a returning listener, then we thank you for your ongoing prayers and support. And if you're a first-time listener, we hope that you'll feel burdened to join us each week at this same time. We rejoice in the message of salvation by grace alone. And we invite you to come and worship with us. We meet each Sunday morning at 1030 and on the second and fourth Wednesday nights at 6 o'clock. So come and join us anytime that you can. I would love to hear from you. You can reach me at my email address. It's Tim at T-I-M-M-C-C-O-O-L-L-A-W dot com. That's Tim at T-I-M-M-C-O-L-L-A-W dot com. Our website is BethlehemPBC.org. That's BethlehemPBC.org. We're going to hear a song and then bring to you a message from the Word of God. The
0: Lord my precious shepherd is, I am his little sheep, he leads me to his pasture's green.
1: to speak to you this morning about one of the names of God, Now we're going to mention several different names that God has, but I want to focus in on one particular name. We'll begin this morning in Genesis, the first chapter in the first verse where we are introduced to the generic name for God, which is Elohim. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the Hebrew word for God there is Elohim. Elohim, which is plural, which obviously ties into God being three in one, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. But I want to focus in on one particular name of God, and it is not the name that is given there in Genesis, the first chapter, where we read the very first introduction to God in the beginning, God, or Elohim, created the heavens and the earth. We want to look in the book of Exodus, where, if you will recall in history, this is where God begins to reveal himself in a special way to the nation of Israel. He is about to give birth to a nation. And before this time, he has been revealing himself very specifically to individuals like Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And you could even go further back and talk about Noah or even Adam. But here in Exodus, you may say, well, that's strange to introduce us to God And this name of God way over here in the book of Exodus. Well, there's a reason why we want to look in the book of Exodus, the third chapter, to find this particular name of God. It is the place in the Scripture where God first introduces himself in this particular way. What I mean by that is this. In the days of Moses, when God called Moses to go back into Egypt and lead his people out of Egypt... It is when God reveals himself in a special way to Moses, and by the way, Moses is the one who wrote the first five books of the Bible. And those first five books of the Bible were given on the mount whenever Moses went up into the mountain and the history of God's people was written down. So it's very important that we understand God didn't write down the history of the world and of creation They're at Genesis 1 and 1. No, a couple thousand years later when Moses comes along, maybe 3,000 years later, when Moses comes along, that's when he inspires Moses to write down the book of Genesis, the book of Exodus, and those first five books of the Scripture. So in Exodus 3, we want to look at a particular name of God, and that name is Jehovah. And in Exodus 3, we pick up right in the middle of when Moses is called up into the mount there and he sees the burning bush and God begins to speak out of him from the burning bush. And I want you to notice as we consider these names of God specifically Jehovah there is a important distinction that even the English translation makes and and by the way I'm not saying you got to know Hebrew in order to understand this you don't but there are places in the English translation where it says God and then there's places where it says I am, and then it's places where it says the Lord, and there's a reason for those distinctions. So let's read in Exodus, the third chapter, as Moses sees the burning bush, God calls to him. Moses says, here I am, and God says, take your shoes off because you're on holy ground in Exodus 3 and 6. God says to Moses, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. Here God identifies himself as the Elohim of Abraham and the Elohim of Isaac, the Elohim of Jacob. It's very important to understand that because that's a common way in which Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob knew God. Now they knew him by some other names too. And they even knew the name Jehovah. You'll find that's a fact from reading the book of Genesis. But here we find God identifying himself. I am the Elohim, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And the conversation continues here as the Lord tells Moses that he wants him to go back down and lead the children of Israel out of bondage. And Moses asks the question, who shall I tell them has sent me? And in verse 14, God says unto Moses, Tell them that I am hath sent you. That's a strange name for God, isn't it? And it's the name Jehovah. Prior to this, God was known primarily by the name Elohim or El Shaddai, which is the Almighty. You'll find that God tells Abraham in Exodus the sixth chapter that he was primarily known by Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob uh, by that name. By the name Elohim or El Shaddai, which means the Almighty. And yet, here God says, I want to be known by this name. This is going to be my primary designation when you go to the children of Israel. It's going to be I am. And there's an important reason that He reveals Himself as. Jehovah or I am. Now, that is a very well known word, especially among the Jewish community. Yahweh is the way that they often refer to God. And here, God says, I am Yahweh. Now, listen to the name Yahweh itself. It's an alliteration word, it is the Hebrew word Ha Yah, Yahweh. It literally means to breathe in and to breathe out. So, think about it. If you say the name Yahweh, you can say it by breathing in and breathing out. Yahweh. It is breathing. It's literally breathing. So, Yahweh. Breathe in, breathe out. It means the self existent one, the breathing one. It means to inhale and to exhale, the one who always breathes. Now, as I said before, God reveals himself primarily by this name in Exodus the sixth chapter. Notice what the Lord says to Moses. God says to Moses in Exodus 6 and 3, Now shalt thou see what I will do to Pharaoh, for with a strong hand shall he let them go, and with a strong hand shall he drive them out of his land. And God spake unto Moses and said unto him, I am the Lord. And I appeared unto Abraham, unto Isaac, and unto Jacob by the name of God Almighty. But by the name Jehovah, Yahweh, was I not known to them. Now if you'll read back through the book of Genesis as Moses wrote down, and recorded what God told him to record, you'll find a few times where the name Jehovah is referred to, especially and most significantly by Abraham on the mount when he was called to sacrifice his son Isaac. It says that Abraham called the place Jehovah Jireh. So God is not saying that the name Jehovah was not known, but the import of the name, the true meaning of the name was not known back in those days. Abraham got a taste of it. He got a touch of it whenever he saw the ram caught in the bush and God stayed his hand and said, don't Slay your son And he substituted the realm It says that Abraham saw that And he called the place Jehovah Jireh Which means the Lord Jehovah shall see to it So Abraham got a taste of that And Jehovah is significant And it's significant that God says I want to be known as Jehovah Because here we have the fulfillment Of the promise that God had made to Abraham He said my people Your descendants Abraham Will be slaves They will be strangers down in a strange land in Egypt For 400 years, and I will bring them out. So now God is fulfilling that promise to bring them out, and he is telling them, I want to be known, I want to be designated as Jehovah or Yahweh, the one who always breathes. Now prior to this, as God himself says, they had not experienced him in the full import or meaning of the name Jehovah. But now they're about to By this name he will be known As he brings them out of bondage Think about this The name literally means I am that I am Yahweh means I am And you know we must say you know, By the grace of God I am what I am As Paul said over in the New Testament But God says absolutely And without equivocation He says I am that I am Not by the grace of God I am what I am But he says I am what I am By my own power Because he is God He is self Self-existent and he is also self-sufficient. He can't be anything other than self-sufficient. Now listen, as God tells Moses, this is the name that I want to be known by, we have an amazing account of how the Lord shows them that he is Jehovah. We have the Lord over and over making himself known to them in a special way as the covenant fulfiller of the promise that he had made to Abraham. And that's why the name Jehovah is so significant. So throughout this experience in which the Lord leads them out, that's why God says, I want you to be known as Jehovah. And over and over, you'll find him being designated as Jehovah. You say, well, I want to understand better what it means, why he is to be designated as Jehovah. Well, consider this, Psalms 86 and 8. This is what the Lord says by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He says, Among the gods, and that word gods is El, Elohim. He says, Among the gods, there is none like unto thee, O Lord. And the word Lord is Jehovah. So notice the Lord is using the designation of Jehovah to set himself apart from the other gods. Now, we understand there are no other gods. We understand that there's only one true and living God. There's false gods out there. There's gods that people have claimed to be gods, and they are no gods. And throughout the scripture, you'll find that theme running all through the scripture that the Lord says there's no other gods, and you are to have no other gods before me because there are no other gods. In Isaiah 45 and verse 5, the Lord says, I am Jehovah, and there is none else. There is no Elohim, no God beside me. So the Lord is designating himself as the primary God, you see? It's very simple if we can understand the distinction between Elohim and Jehovah. Elohim, as Elder Michael Goins put in his great book on the names of God, he says Elohim is a more philosophical than personal reference to God. It is a more abstract than concrete reference. It's a more general than specific reference. That's Elohim. And Jehovah is the personal reference. Reference to God. It is the concreteness of God. It is the specific God that we are talking about. And of course, there's only one God. And so, therefore, the scripture says in Isaiah 45 and 5, I am the Jehovah, and there is none else. There is no other Elohim beside me. There is no other God beside me. Now, to put this even in further perspective, look at 1 Kings 18 and 21, and this is that great match that contest between the prophets of Baal and Elijah. And if you remember, now this is several thousand years or 1,500 years down the road from when Moses had this revealed to him by God that he wanted to be known by the name of Jehovah. But several years down the road, we have that great contest going on in the days of Elijah where Elijah challenges the prophets of Baal. And we won't go through the whole story there, but I want to pick up what Elijah says to the people, because the people are gathered around, and they're in suspense and wondering what's going to happen. And in 1 Kings 18 and 21, Elijah says this. If Jehovah is Elohim, or as the translation says, if the Lord is God, then follow him. But if Baal be God or be Elohim, then follow Baal. (laughs) You see? There's a challenge issued there, and Elijah is saying, if the Lord Jehovah is the true God, then follow the Lord Jehovah. But if you find out through this contest that Baal is the Elohim or the true God, then follow him. And, of course, we know the result there, don't we? There was only one true and living God that answered by fire from heaven, and it was not Baal. And in verse 39 The people all cry out. They chant before God. They say, Jehovah is the Elohim. The Lord, he is God. Baal is not God, but the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. They chant over and over, honoring the true God, which was Jehovah. So back to the book of Exodus, we see God explaining to Moses that they are about to come to know the name Jehovah in a special way as he fulfills the covenant promise made to the fathers. Now, think about this. I do not know who my great-great-great-great-grandfather was. That's about 400 years ago. I do not know him. And if I came to you and I said, hey, I want to introduce you to your four-times-great-grandfather. You've never met him. You you don't know anything about him. Wouldn't that be amazing for me to come to you and say, hey, look, here's your great-times-four-grandfather. Now, I know that my four-times-great-grandfather probably came from the lowlands of Scotland, and we all want to think, well, we all came from royalty. You know, I'm my ancestors were princes and princesses. We all want to think that, don't we? But if you go digging in that, you might be surprised at what you would find. I don't really know anything about my four times great-grandfather other than the, the area that they came from. But wouldn't it be great to sit down and be able to talk to some of your ancestors? And Lord knows we'll do that one day in heaven. But right now, what if you could do that? Well, here is God introducing himself To the people, the nation of Israel, that's about to become a nation, and they haven't really known Him and who He is or was for the last four hundred years. In the days of Joseph, you find God doing some direct communication to the people, but after that, it's just kind of quiet. It kind of reminds you of the days of Malachi, leading up to the days of Jesus, when Jesus came and God spoke in the flesh to the people. In those days, it was silent for about four hundred years, and. Prior to Moses being called to the mount there and seeing the Lord in the burning bush and going back down to deliver the people of Israel, God has really not been known to them. And so here is God introducing himself, and he says, I want to be known by the name Yahweh, the existing one, the eternal one, the one who always breathes. So you see, He says, I want to be known as I am. It doesn't mean I was or I will be, but I am means I always have been and I am now and I ever will be past, present and future. You see, no one can claim that kind of. Characteristic, You know, ours is a fading glory. According to Isaiah, the 40th chapter, we all fade as a leaf. Our glory is short-lived. We're unable to sustain a grip on greatness. You know, there's a silly song out there in country music called, I ain't as good as I once was, but I'm as good once as I ever was. I think that's a funny song because it, it points to the fact that we can't hold on to greatness, I've always loved the old comeback story, and there were quarterbacks when I was in the 80s, the older men who had been playing for a number of years, and sometimes you'd see them come off the bench and they'd win a game. (laughs) And it's great and fascinating to see that. You see, but even today, if they're still alive, they're just a shadow of their former self. And that's the way life goes. We're not as fast as we once were when we were in our teens or our 20s. We're not as good as we once were in those days. We don't have as much strength as we did back in those days. I personally, I've been running for a long time. I don't run in marathons or anything like that. The, the greatest marathon that I run each day I try to run is against myself. But I've been running since I was about 14 or 15. And I remember going to college when we came in to report for a football camp in the fall. We would have to make a certain time in the mile and a half. I was with the receivers and the defensive backs, and we'd have to make a certain time. And it was tough to make that time. And I barely made it a few times. And I remember a few years later, after I'd been out of college, I was in my late 20s and maybe early 30s. And I thought, you know, I'm going to work back up and get that time again. And I never came close to getting that time. And I thought to myself, how did I ever make that time in the first place? (laughs) It was so easy seeming to make it back then. I mean, although it was difficult, but I could still make it. And I could even come within a minute of making that time. And then I began to think, well, just coming within a minute of that time is pretty good for my age when I was in my early 30s. He said, we can't hold on to that greatness. We'll just be a shadow of our former selves, but not God. He is never a shadow of his former self, and he is not a work in progress. He is the great I am. In the New Testament, we read Christ in the book of John Several times he refers to himself as the I am. He says, I am the light of the world. Listen to this now. He says, I am the bread of life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the good shepherd. I am the true vine. I am the door of the sheep. Isn't that amazing? He is the great I am, and he came in flesh during those days. John 8 and 58 is quite a mystery because here we have a scene where the Pharisees are railing on Jesus, and they're questioning Jesus, and he's giving it back to them. There's no question about it. And he begins to say that he knew Abraham, and they say, you're not 50 years old. How could you know Abraham? And he looks at them in John 8 and 58, and he says, before Abraham was, I am. He doesn't say, before Abraham was, I was. Here he indicates an eternal preexistence. You know, my brother could say, well, before Tim was, I was, because he was born before I was. But here God says, before Abraham was, I am. I have an eternal pre-existence. That kind of trips our circuit breakers, doesn't it? Omnipresence means that Jehovah is present in all geographical places, all time zones, all of history, and all of the future events that are yet to come. David said in Psalms 139, such knowledge is too wonderful for me. But not until the redemption out of Egypt in the book of Exodus when he gave the law and he said, Be ye holy, for I am holy, was the full import and meaning of the name Jehovah revealed to Israel. In the Adam Clark commentary, I like this. He says, Though from the beginning the name Jehovah was known as one of the names of the supreme being, yet what it really implied, they did not know. But oh my, did they come to know it. Because we read. That God made himself known in a very special way as Jehovah, especially even to his enemies. Think about how he made himself known to Pharaoh himself. In Exodus, the fifth chapter, it's very important as we consider the name Jehovah. God says, I want to be known, and you are to refer to me as the I Am, as the Jehovah, as the fulfiller of the promises that I have made. And Exodus, the fifth chapter, will close with this this morning with our comments on Jehovah, look at this, as the battle is set. Exodus, the fifth chapter, after Moses and Aaron went in and told Pharaoh, listen to what they say, Thus saith the Lord, thus saith Jehovah, the God of Israel, thus saith Jehovah, the Elohim of Israel, let my people go, that they may hold a feast unto me in the wilderness. And Pharaoh said, who is the Jehovah? that I should obey his voice to let Israel go. I know not the Jehovah, neither will I let Israel go. And Moses and Aaron said, The Elohim, the God of the Hebrews, hath met with us. Let us go, we pray thee, into the desert, and sacrifice unto the Lord, unto Jehovah Elohim. And here we have the stage set for one of the greatest battles, one of the greatest encounters that ever takes place as God completely, ultimately, and absolutely destroys the most powerful nation in the world just to prove that He is Jehovah, the breathing one, the self existing one. May God bless us to understand that in the name of God, in the name Jehovah, we have the fulfillment of all of the promises and the great accomplishments of our Lord are contained within that name. And may God be praised for his name, Jehovah.
0: You've been listening to the March to Zion broadcast. For more information, contact 205-364-1396 or write to the March to Zion broadcast, P.O. Box 270, Carrollton, Alabama, 35447. Bethlehem Primitive Baptist Church is located seven miles east of Gordo and 10 miles west of Northport, just off Highway 82 on the Boyd Road near Ecola. Services are each Sunday at 10.30 a.m., and the second and fourth Wednesday night at 6.30 p.m. Please join us next week for another message of God's sovereign grace.